we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14, and I want to read, uh, we're going to do verses, Matthew 14, verses 31, verses 31, amen. Um, 31 to 33, amen? Let's look at it together. Uh, 31 says, and immediately... Jesus stretched out his hand, his hand, you see it? And took hold of him, Lord have mercy, and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped, finally. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, rescue me. Amen. I want to talk about recovering after your faith fails. Rescue me. There is an American TV series entitled Rescue Me where the character Tommy Gavin played by Leary he deals with the effects of September 11, 2001 attacks which for him includes seeing the ghost of his cousin as a firefighter. When I look at this passage, <laughs> I see the disciples in the same scenario. They had been through a tragic night almost like a September 11. <laughs> they didn't recognize Jesus. They were terrified for their life. Amen. And their faith had failed them. Peter challenged Jesus. Amen. And now... He's sinking. I don't know about you, but I've had periods in my Christian journey where I felt like I was sinking. Where my faith was not holding me up anymore. The most important thing I believe for a Christian, for, a Christian, for the Christian journey, is faith. I mean, that's the most important thing you have as a believer. And as we've seen throughout this series, that Peter, he had some good days with Jesus. Peter is a very interesting character overall because he is what you call, Jesus renamed him, Simon. He says, your name will be Peter, Petros, or Petra. And he says, and upon your name, 
You will guide, but upon my name I will build <laughs> the church. Here is the leader of the church, the future leader of the church, walking on water. Anybody would follow him, right? But it's crazy, right? Isn't it crazy? Think about this for a minute. When you are sinking in life, how many people would try to rescue you? How many people around you do you have that would really come to your rescue? You see, we have to understand that even though Peter failed, he was going to win in the end. And sometimes in the believer's life, failure looks final, but it's never fatal. Not for the believer. Jesus already dealt with the finality of failure in the Christian life when he went to the cross. I believe that the only reason we fail is because we choose to fail. I believe that the only reason why a lot of us are struggling because we choose not to obey the commands of God. Come on and help me somebody. The key, though, is when your faith fails because of doubt, because of fear, because of focus. These are the things I've been talking about. Because of what? Focus, because of denial. We have to recover. We can't stay down. Do you not know that you staying down affects your testimony and the kingdom? Some of you already give, have given up. Some of you have already decided that this is going to be my way of life. Defeat. You can't stay down. And If you're sinking today, it won't be long before you hit the bottom. Lord have mercy. So Peter stepped out. He exercised his faith. And oh, how these disciples, amen, had so much to learn. They had seen Jesus feed 5,000 and then 4,000. They watched him do great things. It's almost like us. You know, sometimes we've been praying for something and you get it. And then you go right back into the storm again, and then you forget all about what he had done prior to. Anybody been there? Anybody been through that, that, that kind of cycle? You've seen him work before, but yet you go back to thinking that it's over for you. Tell your neighbor, rescue me. That faith had failed. It did. And watch this. And yet, even with a failed faith, Jesus, who had compassion on Peter, begins his rescue mission. Oh, how the Lord is full of mercy. Oh, somebody should be shouting right now, if I got what I deserve, if I really got what I, what I deserve, if God would have left me right there, what is it about me that you would rescue me 
from the clutches of sin, from the doorsteps of death, from depression, from denial, from, 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 from being, watch this, so disgusted with life that you would rescue me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And somebody here, you're sinking. But you will not cry out to the Father. You're sinking financially. You're sinking emotionally. You're sinking in your faith. And God is saying to you, why are you trying to tread these waters by yourself? We've been there before. You remember? When you first got saved? It was exciting. Come on now. You felt you could do anything. You felt you could leap over mountains. Come on, somebody. You had all kinds of faith. You had joy. You had peace. You had all of the, all of the things necessary for your faith to go forward. But all of a sudden, you find yourself now in need to be rescued by the master again. Paul says in Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1, how is it that you who have tasted the goodness of God, how could you be tricked? How could you go back to the elementary things that you just left how is it that you allow yourself to keep rowing backwards? Tell your neighbor, rescue me. How do we recover, though? Well, let's look at it. A very simple point today. The text says immediately. Amen. Immediately. 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 Amen. Jesus stretched. Now, what I see here, <laughs> see a lot of things here. But I, I think this is like a precursor to the cross. They stretched him wide. <laughs> Amen. That's what they did on the cross, you see. And what Jesus was saying to Peter, listen, I'm willing to stretch myself for you. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I'm willing to go beyond what my limitations are. I'm willing to go a little beyond my limitations so to stretch myself out. He's been presenting his hands to you. Somebody here today, he's been, he's been pushing his hands your direction. He's been stretching himself out to you. But guess what? He's still hanging. You leave him hanging. The Bible says Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him. Is that what he said? He took hold of him. Here's the deal. Jesus is alive today. I want you to know that. And let me say this to somebody here today. You, you have to know the Jesus of the Bible. He's God. 
Amen. He sits at the right hand of God. And so how does he rest? The first thing, here's how you recover. You ready? You ready? Here's how he, first of all, first of all, you, you got to remember this. No matter how far you've drifted, no matter how far you are, or no matter how low you've sunk, you've done some things you're ashamed of. Never thought you would do that. Never thought you would compromise. Never thought you would put yourself in situations like that. So the first thing you got to remember is this, that Jesus will rescue you. Stop looking for rescue from man and look for it from Jesus. And watch this. Jesus will rescue you with people, watch this, who represent him. I'm not talking about no hypothetical situations here. I'm talking about no myth. Okay, he's, not, he's already in heaven, but he's going to use people. Come on, somebody. To rescue you, to stretch their hands out, to reach you, to pull you back. I want this to be real enough to you where you understand the next time somebody says, let me help you, let them help you. Goodness gracious. No, I got it. I'm good. In a world that we live in today, think about it. If somebody says they're going to help you, it has to be from God. Because we live in a world today where people are selfish. They're not thinking about you and they don't have your good. And here's the thing. Some people want to help you with benefits. Oh, come on, help me somebody. Somebody wants, so, listen, the devil will try to help you with strings attached to it. Don't deny or reject the hand of God. Lord have mercy. So, so he begins his recovery. Recovering after your faith fails, you have to understand that Jesus, listen, nobody else, I'm talking about nobody else. Nobody else. I'm not talking about the Jesus you got in your house on your wall. I'm not talking about that Jesus. I'm talking about the Jesus that personifies himself and wraps himself up in somebody else. Watch this. And sends them and dispatch them to you to say, I'm here to help you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to help you, but you cannot keep rejecting his help. Why? Because you will sink. Rescue me, Lord. I'm tired of treading these waters. My legs are tired. Come on, somebody. My arms are tired. My lungs are tired. I've been treading these waters for a long time. Rescue me, Jesus. Look what he says immediately. Immediately, the text says. And look what he says next. And see, here's the thing. This is the part I don't like about prosperity preaching. Because all they want to tell you is your breakthrough and this and favor and this and this and that and this and this and that and then that and the other. Listen, listen, tell me how to go through this mess. I'm sitting here shouting myself happy, but then when I get in my car, I still got problems. Rescue me, Jesus. Rescue me, Jesus. You can go back to school. You, you can get a career. You, you can rise. Yes, you can. He wants that for you, but take his hands. 
precious Lord. Lead me on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Jesus. I can't say his name without getting excited. Because his name is above every name. The Bible says, look what he said, and said to him, he, he, he rescued him. Watch it. He gave him his hand, but watch this. Here's the thing. Watch. One thing you about to know about Jesus. He will rescue you. He will comfort you. He will love on you. But he, he does not, he wants you to, let me see, I'm going to say. He wants you to change. He wants us to change for real. So how does he do that? The recovery process. You ready? The next thing Jesus will do. Jesus will restore, rebuke you. Rebuke. And restore you. At the same time. You see the rebuke? Where's the rebuke in the text? You of little faith. Why? You got a whole bunch of whys for God. God got a why for you. Why did you give up on him? Why did you throw in the towel? Why didn't you think that he was good enough? Why didn't you not know that he's El Elyon? Come on, somebody. Why are you relying on your mama and daddy and not relying on him? Come on, somebody. Why? Watch this. All through scripture, whenever Jesus deals with a person with sin, he would rebuke them, then restore them. Come here, the woman of the well. Samaritan woman. He, and here's how he called her out, right? He called her out real deep. He said, now hold on a minute. You married? <laughs> Come on, man. Now watch this. Now, 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 now let's, let's, let's play around a little bit. Watch. I wonder what she was thinking. This is Jesus. Now, Jesus wasn't no bad-looking fella now. And you remember when you're in the natural, what you thinking about? You ain't thinking, is he that? Is he? And Jesus is like, is he, is he trying to talk to me? I know. She's like, oh, well, hold on a minute. Well, hold on a minute. Well, being that you said that, no, I ain't got no hood. <laughs> no. She said, you right. And the one you got now ain't yours. Boo. <laughs> and the last five you had wasn't yours, boo. He wanted her to see something. That I can't give you this living water. If you don't take care of the big ticket sins in your life. We do stuff all day long, okay? We shoot. We, I'm talking about them big things. I'm talking about prayerlessness. Some of you only pray when you're in trouble. <laughs> Seriously. You, you, oh, Lord, please help me. I'm talking about some deep prayer. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about them prayers you be doing every morning. Lord, thank you. Okay, and you're gone. <laughs> he says, he says to Peter, you of little, 
Peter, you of little faith, why did you what? Doubt. Why did you doubt, Peter? What a question to ask, right? Can, can, can we get in the boat real quick? This Peter. The text never says he answered. Jesus, when he rebukes you, he ain't looking for an answer, and he ain't looking for an excuse. Let me say that one time. Jesus, when he rebukes you, he's not looking for an answer. He's not looking for a, watch this. He's not looking for a, a, an excuse. What he wants you to, to hold on to is the restoration, y'all. But we are so sensitive, we get caught up in the rebuke. We get caught up in the rebuke. He put me on black. I ain't going back to that church no more. Bye. <laughs> Man, listen, if every church you go to and, and, and they got a problem, then you the problem. Uh-oh. Them rebukes don't feel good, and I've rebuked some people. But, heck, I had to rebuke myself. I said, heck. I had to rebuke myself sometimes because sometimes the things that go through my mind I said Lord that is not of you I know that's not of you amen you gotta get you, you, we have to get mature enough to understand that that ain't of God why I think you like it you like that stuff just twirling around your mind you've lived faith yeah, just moving around. Whoop. And you're like, man, shoot, if I could have, would have, would have, would have. Should have, would have. And we're on a rescue mission here trying to get you back, and you out here thinking crazy. Tell your neighbor, rescue me. Amen. Watch this. Watch this now. You run, watch this now. Now, this part's going to get you. See, here's the thing about Jesus when he restores you, when he rebukes you and restores you, guess what he wants to do with you? He wants to love on you. He wants to love on you. He wants to love on you. How can we be believers and never want to come into his presence and have fellowship with him? Have intimacy with him in worship so the next thing jesus will do after that not only will he do that but watch what he'll do next jesus will restore your fellowship with him look at the text says and when they got into the boat that's how you know the fellowship the sin has been taken care of because the wind stopped tell you neighbor the wind has stopped now you're back in what You already have a relationship. Stop going back to the relationship piece. He said, I want fellowship. I want intimacy with you. The wind stopped because Jesus was in the boat with you. Watch this. He has restored Peter, but he could not fellowship with Jesus with that little faith. So Jesus had to rebuke him and restore him so that he can have fellowship with him. Lord have mercy. I just said a mouthful right there. 
God is trying to restore some of you. God has been rebuking your ways for a minute. You're taking it personal. And all you're doing is treading on water. Watch this. You've been holding you up. You, you, you don't even have a life vest on. Aren't you tired? Lord, rescue me. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Fellowship gives you assurance. What, what does assurance mean? I mean, I ain't talking about insurance. Some of you got insurance. Some of you got insurance, and then when you go file a claim, you realize you didn't have enough coverage. So you just paying for something that watches that wasn't going to work in the first place for you. But when you have assurance, you're sure that you're saved. Stop letting the devil fool you into thinking you ain't saved. You're saved. Because you've given your life to Jesus. You just got some bad habits. Real, real bad ones. And he want to take them things away from you. You understand what I'm saying? He wants to deal with you. So some of us, we take the rebuke personally. Amen. And don't be surprised who rebukes you. A little child can set you straight. Little Jackson yesterday said, why pastor so mean? Said, dang, he done rebuked me right there. Said, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> you got to start being nice again. <laughs> I like him, but why he so mean? <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Out of the mouth of babes. But what I'm trying to tell you is what God will use different sources to rebuke you. All you got to do is be like, change your ways. That's what I did. Change my ways. One gave him some raisins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, let me be nice. Before you go and tell his mom. <laughs> Pastor been mean to me. <laughs> I didn't whoop him, though. I, I was just raising my voice. But my point is, I saw the, I saw the parallel. I'm like, man, when we get rebuked, man, we, we get sour, man. Seriously, we get all, listen, and, and, and listen, we're not in a position to negotiate right now, okay? I'm sinking. Don't you want fellowship? Look what the text says. The text says in verse 33, Lord have mercy. When he rescues you, he will have fellowship with you. You know when you have fellowship with the Father. Look at verse 33. It says in verse 33, and those who were in the boat kissed his hands. That's what worship means. To lap like a dog. To get so low that you're eating from the master's hand. So, so I'm saying to myself, hold on a minute. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. It's easy to say you'll worship, but I don't even want to say that. After he rescues you, here's the deal. Here's the next point. Jesus will only accept. Yeah. 
Can I say it? That junk we've been bringing? Come on, everybody. Clap your hands. Why you got to tell people to clap their hands when they're in the midst, in the presence of God? And, and come on, somebody. And then you got some good music and you got some good sound. Come on, everybody. Let's pray. No, you, that, that should be automatic. But I get it. He's not just going to accept worship. He's going to accept real worship. Why? Because you will be for real. See, after you've been rescued, you're going to be for real. They, watch it. They didn't worship like this when he fed the 5,000. Could it be that God's been trying to get you to see that what he really desires from you is authentic, real worship? Not something you borrowed from somebody else. You're not raising your hand on cue. You're not saying amen when somebody else say amen. I'm talking about you can say hallelujah, God, because I have been I have been rescued from the hands of the enemy. God has brought me a mighty long way. Real worship. Real worship. When they fed the when he fed the five thousand, they didn't worship him. They were trying to figure out where they would get some bread themselves. So could it be the storm was designed to change you and to change your worship? Storms changes us, but it makes us real. Oh, I want to be a real worshiper. Will the real worshipers worship God? Will the real worshipers say hallelujah this morning? Come on, I'm not just talking about something I'm asking you. I'm talking about you've been through something. Cancer thought it had you. Death thought it had you. Divorce thought it had you. Come on, somebody. And all what you did is you say, Lord, rescue me. Rescue me from this mess. Rescue me from this situation. And now you're a real worshiper. He says, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth that's real when your spirit agrees lord have mercy with what you hear that's a real amen he will only accept now now this is a very interesting Interesting passage because look what it says. They, they said, they said, those who were in the boat worshipped him. Hold on a minute. Did they ever worship him before? No. They thought they were just along for the ride. God is saying to you, have you hit the rated R button on your worship. <laughs> Real. <laughs> r yeah, see, I said rated R. Some of your minds went somewhere. I said, that mean real. <laughs> that mean real. Okay, that mean what? Real. 
I'm, I'm, I'm saying we're just, we, we're, we, we're here together. We're here together worshiping. Watch it. Are you for real? Uh, is God getting through to you? Look, 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 look what he says. Look what he says next. Look what he says next. You, now, this is going to bless you. This last piece of this verse. Watch what, watch what it says now. Watch what it says. It says, you saying what? You. Hold on a minute. Man, I just fed 5,000 with what? And you're still debating somehow in your mind? Listen, I done brought you back from a heart attack. I done put your diabetes in remission. I done healed you from cancer. You're no longer broke. Come on, somebody. You're no longer depressed. When you came, you were messed up. But look at you now. And you're still in a debate situation saying whether or not or believing whether or not I'm God. What is it going to take for us to realize that he is God. He is Yahweh. He is Elohim all through the Old Testament. He is Job, <laughs> the suffering servant. He is Joshua, the timid man who became courageous. Come on, somebody. He is the El Elyon. He is Alpha and Omega. What is it going to take for you and I to confess that he's God. He's God. Here's, here's, here's what, here's what uh, and I've struggled with this point, but I had to put a whole bunch of stuff in. What's that next point? And here's another thing you're going to realize you will realize that Jesus is real, but you're going to realize that God is real. He will be real to you. I'm saying he's he going to be real to you. Listen, he's as real today as he was 22 years ago on November 11th at the 11 o'clock hour when I confess with my mouth. And I believed in my heart that Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. He was God to me then. And he's real to me now. And he's God to me now. Somebody, you don't see him as God. You see him as something else. But Jesus is God. They said, certainly. You are God's son. Let me explain that to you. God's son is just a title. It's just a title. There's no subordination in the Trinity. Even though he says he's God's son, he's still God. See? 
And the reason why he's, he's put into with this title is for you and I to understand him. Because we, 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 when we saw, the Bible says, when you see the Father, when you see the Son, you see the Father. That's plain to me, isn't it? Some people struggle with that. But, but he says, you are, they, they, they got it. They got Can I ask you something? What is it going to take for you to get it? What is it going to take for us to really get it? Like I got it. Jesus is God. He's God. Watch this. They knew something about him then that they had never knew about him before. Not because of the rescue mission. You ready? But because of his very presence in the boat. When your understanding of God moves from what he's doing for you to who he is, fellowship with him he's real y'all when I go to do my dirt he's there with me Holy Spirit is in you when I think crazy he's there when I act out he's there so what I'm doing is I'm living a life a consecrated life a life set apart the Bible says that they saw Jesus as God. One in essence, three in person. One in essence, three in function. Come on, somebody. You see, when your faith has recovered, you can recognize him as God and you can worship him you can fellowship with him, but more importantly, you can live for him. You see, without oxygen, the human body. The human body is the structure of a human being. It is composed of many. Hey, hey, hold on now. Siri, Siri, Siri want to preach. Let me preach, Siri. Siri, stop. Siri, you got to let me preach. I didn't get that. Don't worry, about, don't worry about that. <laughs> Siri, be quiet. <laughs> Siri want to be my Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's my turn now, Siri. Go on now. Oh, let me not say your name. <laughs> I'm, I got a good illustration for that. That's how it is when you call the Father. All you got to say is Father. He's like, how may I help you? I'm right here. Oxygen. Without oxygen in the human body, the body can only survive literally a few minutes before the biological process that the power, that power your cells begin to fail. The average healthy person without no special training can only hold their breath for about half a minute. During the breath hold, the oxygen contents of the tissue decreases 
but the breath hold is broken and as a result of carbon dioxide the person will begin to die without faith we can only survive for a few minutes without faith your faith cells start breaking down. And then when you go, you go from doing the impossible to doing nothing. But I want to tell somebody here today, after your faith has recovered, though, all you can do is worship, fellowship, and live for them. Amen. Amen. Listen. God is speaking to somebody here today who needs to be rescued. That's what we do when we go witnessing. We're on a rescue mission. I'll never forget when Jesus, this time of the year, really brings back to me a lot of memories. Because around this time, I'm still out there, lost my mind. I'm out there. I'm in a bad place. And God is pulling me in. He's just pulling me in. And so one month from today is when I got saved. And that's something. He rescued me. Some of you have been in church most of your life. But you're still treading water. You haven't fully surrendered.